Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 15 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schulz, and I'm going to toss it over here to my co-host on my left, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Nick Manila. Thanks, man. How's it going? I'm boosting your tires a little bit. I know. Man. I like it a lot. Uh, wish I could return the favor, but uh, I can't. <laughs> um, so how was your trip slash weekend slash, you know, not working for like three or four days? That must have been pretty nice. It's It's been a nice break, uh, you know recharge the batteries uh for those who didn't listen to the last episode i went to las vegas uh last week left last wednesday got back yesterday uh had a time and a half it was a great time i had never been there before Uh, i was in a complete culture shock at the amount of gambling that there is yep it's everywhere it's in the airport when you land yeah we walk through the sea terminal and it's it's just so long compared to bwi right near us and it's like there's just slot machines everywhere. Yeah. And then my uncle, who me and my girlfriend stayed with, works at a hotel near his house. Small hotel, but still has gambling out the ass. Um, you know, rolled some dice on the roulette table, won a couple bucks, so that nice. was nice. Um, the sports books out there are amazing. They're insane. I We went to this one place called Red Rock Casino. Yep. And we walked into the sports book, and it was like a movie theater-sized like TV and on that one TV, they had every sport in each column, and you have like a desk, almost like a lecture hall, where you just yep. like sit there and fill out your papers and walk I, it up front. I was like, if I die, this is what I want heaven to look this like. This is like this one. This might be how I die. Yes. And two, this is where I want to end up. And, yeah, and it's the reason I'll go bankrupt and die alone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. We actually went out uh, for one night. Uh, to a club called Encore Beach Club, which is connected to the Encore Hotel. Nice. Uh, which apparently is connected to the Wynn Hotel. I'm not it really is. Sh- yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. $17 for a Bud Light was not fun. Nope. $25 for a Red Bull Vodka was also not fun. Yeah. But it was a good time. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not really into the club scene. I'm more of a bar guy. But Same here. That was by far the most fun I've had since, you know, maybe a night out in college or something. Nice. Uh, $10 to hang your coat. Yeah, of course. Found that out the hard way. If you're going to do the club scene, though, I feel like that's the place to do it. Like, you want to do it right, you do it yeah, there. Exactly. And, I mean, I I know there's a ton of places to choose from down there, but, you know, the ticket itself was only 20 bucks to go see. That's not bad. We saw R.L. Grimes. He's a DJ. Didn't know any of his songs that were on Spotify, but uh, he did a lot of songs while we were there that people already knew and he killed it. I mean, I'm assuming the people that were with you knew all of his songs, if not most of them. Yeah. All the New Yorkers I was with, it was me, my girlfriend and a group of 10 New York guys. And I couldn't have been happier with just all the shenanigans going around. So, um, they actually had a place, they had a penthouse in the Bellagio. Must be nice. We went up there to pregame before we went out and it was just unbelievable. It was so nice. It's such a nice hotel. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you just feel outclassed, right? You walk in and you, the casino in there is massive yeah. and like all the elevators are like gold plated and everybody's yeah. wearing like Gucci shoes. I'm like, yeah. I do not belong here. No, that's what I said. Like when I was staying there, I mean, it was, you know, I told you about this. It was for um, an internship I had and they actually like flew me out there for the trade show and people were like, why the fuck is the marketing intern staying in the Bellagio? Yeah. Oh, that dude, everybody's so bougie out there. It's yeah. insane. It's absurd. All the shop, we went to, through the Venetian. Um, and it's so cool in there. If you haven't done that, that's something you have to, if you go to Vegas, I would say the one hotel to go see, explore the Venetian. It is just so cool. 
But you won't be able to afford anything there. It's all Tom no. Ford, Chanel, of Gucci. Yeah. It, it's, it's all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, we did that. And as far as uh, hockey-related news goes, uh, I actually went to the Vegas Golden Knights game against the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday evening in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. What I learned quickly is that People are not giving enough credit to the city of Las Vegas for the amount of love that they show their hockey team. Uh, I understand that they went to the cup finals in their first year, and they're the only team in town, right? And they lost, yes, as Nick puts the <laughs> loser forehead sign right to me. Um, but, man, it's it's just so cool to see how people out there embrace it. I mean, you can tell. Uh, I talked to a couple people, honestly, that were like, yeah, I was never a hockey fan uh, before the team came, but now I love it, and this team's awesome, and – the guys do a lot for the community, and you know when they do the player intros, everybody cheers. But when they said that when they announced Mark Andre Fleury, it's like a different level yeah. of cheer. It's like they understand this guy. He's thirty five. Our window's closing. We got him from Pitt. Like this is our guy. It's the face of their franchise. Exactly. So I feel like that. Like you said, like people were like, I weren't like I wasn't a hockey fan until this team came here. But I feel like that's the most efficient and just best way to grow the game. Exactly. Like, I, th- I feel like the same thing's going to happen when Seattle gets their team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think it's good to have a competitive, they don't, I wouldn't say Seattle has to go to the cup finals, but no, they have to but at least be somewhat relevant. I agree. And I think they will be. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody had golden Knights, uh, license plates and everything. And, uh, they love Ryan Reeves. I know you all out here hate him. him. They, every time he touches the puck, they go, Reeves. I'm like, yeah. He flipped the puck to a little girl right in front of us during warm-ups. We got to go down on the glass. Uh, if you didn't see that on the Instagram story, I got all that stuff on the highlights, so go check that out. Um, it was a really cool experience. They built all these outdoor bars and restaurants right outside the arena. There's a huge plaza. It's just made for a party it's made for jeremy roenick to be doing nbc pregame footage <laughs> and get you know shit faced with fans yeah. so great experience great arena great fans uh you know i'm not a fan of people who say they have second favorite teams but i have family ties out there i still love flurry so i'll i'll go ahead and say vegas is probably my second favorite wow team. ballsy yeah so crucify me for that if yeah. you will but i mean it looked like you had a blast i mean i think it's cool that both of us have this you know fall slash winter gone to you know opposing teams arenas and have just had amazing experiences with it so far you know what's next yeah exactly we're gonna have to to do either yep we're gonna have to do a dc i'd like to say a dc and a pit trip that would be that would be insane that would be a lot of fun but most likely it'll have to be one of them this year and we'll do the other next year exactly so that's incoming um but enough about me you got any that happened over the weekend too? Not anything really that significant. At least I can't remember anything that significant. So, um, you know, just typical weekend for me, just powering through finals, um, lining them up and just, you know, either raw dogging them or have them raw dog me, but hopefully (laughs) it all balances out. Reverse 69. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I think we should just jump into news because we do have a lot this episode. And obviously the big one, which I am so thankful that this came out before we recorded this, is that Taylor Hall was finally traded to the Arizona Coyotes. So before we dive into this, I just want to say, sit back and relax. This is probably going to be a long one. Yes. Um, There's a lot that happened in the last week. And, you know, thankfully, uh, I got in late last night on my flight back, so we decided to record today, and it's a blessing in disguise because I would have been really pissed if this happened right after we recorded on our usual Monday. Yes. We're recording on Tuesday, uh, December 17th right now. And yes, Taylor Hall has officially been traded to the Arizona Coyotes, 
who, if you are wondering, you can currently book them to win the Stanley Cup at plus 2,200 right now. That's a lot. I think it's still a long shot for them, but... I wouldn't say they're favorites, but I would say that's a decent return on your investment, and this is just helping our calls for picking them to win their division at the start of the year. Yeah. So do you want to dive in on what the trade entails? Yes. So moving to Arizona is obviously Taylor Hall um, and Blake Spears. No idea who that is. Nope. I think like AHL level forward or prospect, I would assume. Sounds about right. It, this is where it gets interesting. Moving to New Jersey, defensive prospect Kevin Ball, which who I believe he was taken in this past draft. Mm-hmm. This is someone that Arizona was really, really high on taking. He's six foot seven, 240 pounds. Wow. So big boy. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, you know, New Jersey's struggling defensively and, oh, yeah. and just everywhere. But this yeah. is a guy that's definitely going to help them out down the road. They also got forward prospect Nick Merkley. He's sick. Had a couple injury issues, but should definitely help them out. Forward prospect Nate Schnarr, who I don't know too much about. But um, they also, most importantly, got a 2020 conditional first-round pick. Okay. Following that is a 2021 conditional third-round pick. But... That changes to a second round pick if Hall resigns or if Arizona wins one playoff series. Okay, so there's a couple of conditions here. Yes, and so then that, if both of those happen, it becomes a first round. That pick? becomes a first round pick. I would say the <laughs> it. This is interesting. That could be a ball if, breaker. Like if he resigns and they gave up and they you know and they win uh, a playoff series and they give up two first round picks and those two big prospects in Merkley and Ball for this guy. Yeah. I think New Jersey wins that trade. Yeah, I I honestly think regardless if Hall was in Arizona right now or not, they'll win a playoff series. I do not know if Taylor Hall is going to resign in Arizona. I don't know. This is, you know, everyone's saying is this just a rental is, you know, he open to resigning somewhere? Right. But so a lot of people are comparing this to the Mark Stone deal that happened last yes. year. Vegas traded for him right at the deadline and then just inked him up to a seven-year yeah. whatever amount of money Ridiculously deal. paid. But. Uh, but Taylor Hall and his agent have come out and said today that their main focus is quote-unquote playing right now and contract later, end quote. So To me, that's just saying I'm not signing until the offseason. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the guy – the guy didn't really have a say in where he was getting traded. He could tell the team if he's legally allowed to. I'm not really sure. He could say, hey, I'm not going to resign there, but, you know, yeah. fuck it, trade me wherever. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Arizona's a great team. They have a lot of young players in place. I think the most important factor here is that he's going to have Rick Tockett as a coach, and I think he's going to end up falling in love with Tuck. Yes, I agree. Um, Tockett's a great coach. And I think Hall will do well in his system. I think the thing that Arizona has to be really careful about here is the fact that he's a little bit of a Band-Aid. A little bit. And he's, you know. He's only played a full 82 once in his 10 years in the league. Yes. And he's 29 years old. So, you know, whenever guys are around that 29 to 30, 31 mark and they get these seven-year deals, I worry about that because it tends to be that the last three, sometimes two years are kind of tail-offs. Yes. Which, you know. If you're Arizona, you're not really – your window is starting probably next year. Yeah. They're not quite this year, but next year, Yeah, I think it's going to happen. For them is what I – you know, they're going to probably come in first place. If not this year, they will again next year, I think. They're definitely a team on the rise. So they don't really give a shit. They want to win now, honestly. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting to see how this all plays out. My question to you is – 
Currently, the Pacific Division, the top three place teams are the Oilers, the Coyotes, and the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're all within one point of each other. Does this trade make Arizona the favorite to win the division? It certainly puts them in position to win the division. I don't know if I would go with favorite yet. Okay. Yeah. I People are saying now they're a serious contender. I think one of the problems and contender I'll, to win the division yes contender to win the, the cup, cup show me what you can do like when he gets yeah. there you know if they just start you know if he starts putting up you know point after point after point and it's just like you know a magical fit then sure but you i know. still think vegas is better i still think vegas is yeah. the best team in the pacific yeah. and the i mean just thinking you know when you say serious contender the first thing that pops into my head is who in the west is going to be able to get around the abs right now the avalanche are Incredible, and we'll touch on that in a moment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, Taylor Hall's in the desert. Uh, you know, let's Hall see. Hall and Yotes. Hall and <laughs> Let's see how this plays out. Uh, you know, I think that their odds are probably going to jump even more. So I would hop on that plus 2200 if you have faith in them right now. Should be interesting, and uh, good luck to him. Yeah, you definitely. Know, I, I like that team. I'm yeah. I hope him. it works out for him. I mean, Taylor Hall was one of my favorite players to watch, especially his first couple years in the league. I really hope this is like where he finds his stride. Yep. I, I know he so had too. an MVP season in uh, Jersey, but I just hope he gets on a winning team for once. He seems yeah. like a good dude. Yeah. He seems good for the game. He's electric to watch. Yeah. I mean, we'd always talk about McKinnon, McDavid, you know, that first stride, blah, blah, blah. Taylor Hall is one of, if not top three fastest players in the league in a for straight sure. line down yeah. the wing. So um, hope it all works out well for him. Good luck to them. I'm rooting for him. And he's going to look sick in that Kachina jersey. Definitely. Um, so, in other news, uh, there has been a coaching firing rampage across the NHL in the last month. And since we all last spoke, there have been two more firings. The first one is the San Jose Sharks have fired coach Pete DeBoer. And the second one is that the Dallas Stars fired head coach Jim Montgomery. Let's dive in on Pete DeBoer first. Nick, do you have any thoughts? So, obviously, we talked about, I think we said like three or four times, like the Sharks suck. Yeah, they really are bad. They're so flat right now. Um, They had a terrible start. They got hot a little while ago for like four games and then just nosedive from there again. Yep. This is interesting because at what point do we say that Ottawa won the Eric Carlson trade? Ooh. They got Brant. No, they didn't get Brantstrom in that. That was a different one. That was the Mark Stone one. Yes, that was the Mark Stone trade. Um, do you know? Do you remember any pieces that were in that? Economy? I don't remember pieces, but if, with the fact that you know Eric they, Carlson has basically yeah. been a non-factor for the last couple, yeah, you know, months. Yeah. No, I remember they got like three draft picks, and I can't. I know they get for a fact they got three draft picks, but I can't remember the prospects that were involved. What I will say is, yeah, the Sharks look horrible, and. Mark Edward Vlasic just played in his 1,000th game this past weekend. And I was reading the comments on the Shark social media page because I like to see what fans say. And they all said, Burns and Carlson are not the players they are without Vlasic in the lineup. Because Vlasic is the steady hammer. That's he always eats minutes, too. Yeah, he's always the shot blocker. He's steady Eddie. He's a good skater. He's the shutdown guy. He allows those two guys, no matter who he's playing with, to just do their thing. And I think right now the Sharks just aren't really clicking, obviously. But their biggest problem, more so than coaching or 
any roster change they need to make Goal up front, tending. their goaltending stinks. Both Martin goalies, Jones is horrible. Both goalies are around like a .8 something save percentage, which is just... Oh, Martin. So they actually uh, just fired their goalie coach, Johan Hedberg, ex-Penguin. Uh, one of the greatest goalie mess of all time, if you haven't seen it. The Moose, right? The Moose, yeah. yes. And they hired former Shark, uh, Evgeny Nabokov, to be the new goalie coach. Martin Jones stinks right now. He does. He has been abysmal for that team since they went to the 16 finals against the Penguins. Yes. I thought in that finals run that he was going to be – he was kind of like a Jordan Bennington at that point. Not yeah. quite as on – come Young up on the Young goalie, scene. put into the spotlight, and he did well for a little bit and then just – Yep. And now he's been below a 900 save percentage this season, and he was last season as well. I feel bad for the kid because it seems like he has a lot of potential and you never want to see a guy just, you know, suffer. But it he is probably the main reason the Sharks are where they are right now and not so much Coach DeBoer. And who's the backup? Is it Aaron Dell? I yes, think? it is Aaron Dell. And, I, you know, nice guy, great guy. But he's not ready to be, you know, like a 50-50 split with Jones. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do when Jones doesn't play well. They put Dell in more often. Yes. And it's just... Not working. When we get to the State of the Unions later in the episode, I have a couple thoughts on the backup goaltending situation in the NHL. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, Pete DeBoer is now out. Um, and can you help me pronounce the last Bob name? Bob Boudner is taking over. Yes, he is now the head coach. Um, and then the Dallas Stars fired Jim Montgomery due to unprofessional conduct. There was no reports of abuse and there are no ongoing investigations However, the Stars GM uh, said that there were repeated acts of unprofessional conduct with Montgomery in the locker room. This has nothing to do with any form of verbal or physical abuse of current or former players. This is kind of weird. The Stars are on a roll right now. Uh, And this is, I believe, Montgomery's first season as coach, right? I'm pretty sure. I think so. I'm pretty sure it's his first season. Yeah. So this is... Kind of catching everybody off guard. Yeah, uh, I don't really know what to think here. Obviously, we can speculate all day long and probably still be nowhere near you know what the actual truth is. This I, this is one of those things where we'll find out eventually, but yeah. it's not going to happen right now. Yeah, anytime there's a story that involves this kind of uh, yeah. context, I feel like eventually the story will break and we'll have news. But yeah. as of right now, we don't, and I don't want to be the guy to speculate on No, that. and Dallas, I think they did a great job. They were very quick to just basically come out and say, like you said, there's no legal investigation. This is not anything to do with player abuse, current or former, because right. uh, that was kind of the trend over the last month. So I think they did a good job getting out in front of that and kind of just, uh, you know, killing what would be that speculation bug. But it really does make you think, you know, what could this be? For all we know, unprofessional conduct could mean he has a flask in his suit pocket on the bench. Exactly. Ripping it up. Which that's that's, that's just cool. That's just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who doesn't do that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, Jim Montgomery is out in Dallas. Uh, Reminder, they actually have the Winter Classic in Dallas coming up on New Year's Day. They do. Uh, Them versus the Predators. So let's see how that actually plays out. I'm curious to see. It might be like 60 degrees, but we'll find uh, out. I dished out my thoughts on outdoor games earlier, so we'll see if that one lives up to it or not. Yeah. Uh, And then the last coaching thing that we will mention for this week's news is Mark Crawford, the assistant for the Chicago Blackhawks, can resume his duties as assistant coach after January 2nd. Mark Crawford was uh, basically suspended by the league and the Blackhawks uh, for ongoing investigations in some of his actions. Uh, Players came out and said, 
who claim that, how do I say word this? There were players who were telling stories about their experience with Mark Crawford. All said that they were positive. However, that he was very hard on the players and that it had sometimes an emotional, negative emotional impact on them yeah. as people. But in the end, they said that he made them the player that they were today. Um, you know, it, Chicago pulled the PR PC move where they just got out in front of it. Yeah. Now they're sending this guy to counseling, air quotes. Yes. And, you know, he was, he's going to go change his ways and then come back. And boom, everyone's going to be happy. Yeah. So I think that's just the PC way of handling it. But So going a little off topic, there seems to be a lot of hockey culture talk in the last month with all this uh, coaching firings and coaching of abuse. abuse. And, just, yeah. and it really all started with Babcock, right? Yes. And... You know, I th- I don't know when there comes a point, and I'm not saying the league is right or wrong in this, but when does there become a point where public opinion becomes second to player opinion? Because I think what's going on is that, you know, Mark Crawford, none of the players hate him. No. None of the players They all said, had positive things to say about him, too. Yeah. None of them would shun him in public or talk badly of his name. But if you're the public and you hear that he's saying to people things that make them feel bad about themselves or go home at night and worry, you know, does it, I hate to say it like this, but does it really matter what you think if you're not one of the players? I mean, no, it shouldn't. If the players are saying public opinion shouldn't dictate. I mean, obviously there's, there's circumstances like obviously like the Bill Peters incident, like that's terrible. That's bad. You can't have that in the league. You can't. Yeah. I think we can all agree about racial slurs not being allowed in the league. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you're, let's say you're sitting front row at a jackets game, and behind the bench, and Torts is just reaming out, I don't know, Josh Anderson. Like, hate to pick on the guy, but let's just say it's Josh Anderson. And you're like, wow, that was really mean, and that didn't make me feel good. Should that matter? Fuck no. Both of those guys are making way more money than, like, you know, either of us ever will. So, you know, why should – exactly, I completely agree with you. Why should the public get to dictate what happens, you know, in the locker room, behind the bench – you know, right. obviously within reason, but... And not only that, the head coach in the job description has the authority to treat the players however he wants. And the only person who should have a decision in whether that is within boundaries or out of bounds is the owner and the GM. Right. And nobody else. Not Twitter, not, you know, Bob McKenzie or anybody. It's between... Or it's SJWs within SJWs or anyone, so, you know. Exactly. It's within the organization. I'm just kind of... I don't want people to... There's becoming a problem where people are thinking hockey culture is associated with abuse and racial slurs and all this crap. Exactly. It's like, it's really not. It could not not be further from the truth. Like they're probably the most likable athletes on the planet. They do all this stuff for charity. They're always at children's hospitals. They're always doing good for the community. So yes, just don't want any of this to kind of bring some dark light on the name of hockey. Yeah. I don't, I completely agree. And I don't think either of us are saying that, you know, it's okay for coaches to be like, you know, like the Soviet coach, Viktor Tikhonov, who would like break wooden sticks over guys' shoulders and lock them in army barracks for days. But, you know. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> that sounds pretty normal. <laughs> HR won't have a problem. Right. But, you know, it's it's definitely totally something that's... Totally uh, freaks out there. I know. <laughs> it's definitely something that, obviously, just with like the climate that we live in, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's a crazy time to be alive, that's for sure. Um Ilya Kovalchuk has been placed on waivers by the Kings with the intent of terminating his contract. What do you think? Kind of saw this going, right? Like, I just don't 
care. Understand how they thought that was going to be a good idea to sign him at age 36, 36 for yeah. and giving him what like three million a year. Who takes a shot on him? No one. I don't think I know no I one. said the Penguins should, yeah. but I'm no, not. That no was one. in a time of crisis. You when can't we take had a injuries. shot with this guy now. I mean, he was a healthy scratch for like what, like the last two and a half, three weeks. And the Kings, like it was like the second they took him out of the lineup, they started to play so much better. Yeah, I don't think – I think his time in North America is done. He'll probably go back to the K and just rack up whatever their currency is. I agree. Rubles? Uh, bottles of vodka, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and potatoes. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think this is a rare circumstance in the game of hockey where you could point to one player and say, that was the problem. Look how much better this team is with him out of the lineup. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it's too far off. They've actually played better as of late. I use that term loosely because they yeah. still are the kings and they're yeah. still going to be last. But Exactly. Uh, yeah, Kovalchuk is out of L.A., I'm going to let you touch on the next point that we have with the Flyers. Yeah, so uh, Flyers forward Joel Farabee was suspended for three games for a hit on Matthew Perot. I don't know if you've seen the hit. I I saw the hit. I have not. The big problem was it was late. How late? It was just mistimed. Like so. when you, if I watch it later, am I going to be like, okay? Yeah, that's... you're going to be like, yeah, late hit. Three. I get it. Three games. I, it's he's a rookie. That's his first offense. You know. Okay. Um, you know, I think he just made a mistake. You know, the game moves so much faster at the professional level. Did he pop him in the head, or was it just a short? It was, you know, it's like I a hit. typical late interference. You know. Okay. So. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, last thing that we have for league updates: Casey Middlestat of the Buffalo Sabers has been assigned to the AHL. Uh, the former first-round pick has 39 points in 114 career games with the Sabres. Things have really not gone uh, that well for him in Buffalo so far. He's extremely skilled and has all the talent in the world. He has the tools to make an NHL comeback. Whether that will be with Buffalo or not remains to be seen. Yeah, I think he will be back in the NHL. I just don't understand why this is happening. For whatever uh, not- reason, it's just not clicking. Yeah. And... I think you make a good point. You know, is a change of scenery the best thing for this? Um, I have a feeling we'll be hearing about a trade request very soon. Yeah, or, you know, they might even say, all right, like this kid was, you know, a very highly touted prospect. You know, what do you give me for him? Send him to Detroit, honestly. He could yeah. pop, he'll get decent ice time. He'll get top six minutes. I think he'll yeah. thrive there. You know, young team. Which is a question of, like, what would Detroit be able to offer other than draft picks to Buffalo? And I think Detroit needs to hang on to every draft pick they have. That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Um, Injury bug. I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, so if you don't like sad stuff or scary stuff, you're going to want to fast forward through the next, like, 15 minutes of this uh, because there's been some nasty stuff that's happened over the last week. Um, We both don't like the Flyers. It's easily up there, top three least favorite teams in the league for me. Yeah. Um, that being said, Oscar Lindblom of the Flyers is going to miss the remainder of the season with Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare form of bone cancer. Um, th- I mean, this is just terrible news. Uh, he's 23 years old. So, you know, obviously the team has rallied behind him. They have his, like, his jersey hanging in his stall. It's just, I mean, it's so unfortunate when this kind of stuff happens, especially to an athlete that's nearly in his prime. And at such a young age, so obviously we wish him the best, and we just want him to get better and be back and playing soon. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole league is behind him. There was a lot of tweets sent out from uh, other NHL teams on Twitter. So best of luck to Oscar. I mean, that's scary shit. And it is. He's the same age as me, and that really just puts things into perspective. So yeah. uh, good luck to him, 
and thoughts and prayers. Definitely. Um, the other scary incident that occurred this week, uh, Tucker Tynan is a goaltender for the OHL's Niagara Ice Dogs, and he was cut in the thigh by a skate during a game <sighs> against the London Knights. Um, I think, you know, it was hard to watch the video from but what I saw. It was just, you know, guy going hard to the net, leg gets knocked out from under him, goes skate first, misses the pad, goes right into the, like, pants and thigh area. So apparently this guy was cut down to the bone. Um, fortunately, from what I heard, it missed the femoral artery, which is the big one in your thigh. And if that is nicked, you're done. Um, however, you know, he gets, you know, there's the collision and then, you know, players kind of get up and then you just see this massive, you know, pool of blood start to form, which Ugh. is just, you know, terrifying. I can't, I can't watch this shit. Yeah. Um, and the Niagara arena and TV announcers were like, you know, they put up on the jumbotron and that, you know, through the microphone, they're saying, if anyone can come down and like donate blood, you know, please come down here right away. That's so freaky. Yes. It's so scary. They fortunately, they get him to the hospital, undergo surgery and everything. And, uh, you know. He is okay and recovering, uh, but they did cancel the Ice Dogs' next two games just for the team to kind of recover from this incident. Yeah, that's really scary. And that's something you think would happen more, especially in youth hockey. Like, Definitely. You, hear, you see kind of scary hits yeah. or weird injuries, but uh, this is definitely up there. And, you know, yeah. shout out to that kid. He's yeah. a he's 17 a years old. Yeah, he's a trooper. Yeah. And if I don't know if anyone ended up donating blood, but if they did, yeah. shout oh, out sure to them did. too. Um, but it it just goes to show, you know, how scary that stuff is, especially with the way this game is played and the, I mean, literal knives that are on the feet of the players. So, uh, yeah, it's a kind reminder for all of us sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so that wraps it up for the league injuries. Going to jump into the state of the unions here. Uh, I'll tee off with my Penguins and building off of the Penguins. Just a little fun fact for you guys. Uh, Forbes. You ever heard of Forbes? Once or twice. Yeah, they're a pretty big, uh, what would you say, business slash news yeah. resource? business news outlet. Yeah. yeah. Man, Five million followers on Twitter. Something like that. You could say it's a respectable source. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes. <laughs> so they announced uh, the top five NHL fan bases uh, the other day, and this kind of caught a lot of wind on Twitter and on all platforms of social media. Your top five NHL fan bases, according to Forbes, are number one, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to turn your microphone off. Go for it. <laughs> number two, the Boston Bruins. Number three, the Chicago Blackhawks. Number four, the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow. And number five, the Buffalo Sabres. Nick, is that top five American fan bases? It just says fan bases. Wow. I'm a little bit surprised that there's not one Canadian team in the top five. A little bit. Yeah. I, I would say that's a little little concerning. Yeah. However, here's what I will say. The last five Stanley Cup finals, it might even, last five Stanley Cup finals, for two of the teams I can speak for the last ten, but the last five, the top five TV markets that are always watching – Three of the five are always Vegas, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. They're yep. always right up there. They whether love they're, it. Whether they're in it or not. And that's just the reality. I mean, that's just statistics. I'm not making that up. Um, so am I a little surprised to see Vegas up here? Yes and no. I think they're very new. I think it's a little more of a bandwagon thing than a tradition thing. But, hey. You got to start somewhere. Some people hate that. My point is 
the the fans don't control when the team came to the city. They're exactly. all they're all in. So yeah. and especially after being there this past weekend, they're definitely our top five fan base in the league. And they can say, you know, these ones, these Vegas fans now can say, I was a fan from day one. Yes, exactly. Uh, but the Pens fans, man, that just does my heart warm. Give me a break. That's great. <laughs> uh, don't know where Washington ranks. Probably thirty first. Yeah, know, I'm somewhere, sure. Somewhere down there. <laughs> Ticket sales are bad. You guys are horrible. Um, but anyways. Uh, you know, we'll get into the actual hockey aspect. The Penguins, they look awesome. Uh, according to NBC Power Rankings, the Pens are the fourth uh, best team in the league as of last week. Uh, obviously, that's not statistics. That's just power rankings. They're 5-1 and one in their last six games played. All this success is in part to Tristan Jari, the out-of-nowhere backup goalie that wasn't even supposed to be on the roster this year. Uh, the Penguins have a backup, as I've mentioned many times, called Casey DeSmith. He's down in the AHL for contract reasons. Uh, you know, he makes more than Jari, and had he come up, we'd be over the cap. We were supposed to trade Jari in the offseason, along with Brian Rust. Uh, that was a huge rumor flowing around, and those two guys have been the MVP of the team this year so far. Uh, Jari has three shutouts in his last five games. Wow, that's he's, impressive. He's playing lights out. Uh, there will be a goalie controversy going forward. I don't care what anybody says. It's going to happen as long as he keeps playing like this. And Brian Rust, five points in his last five games. Right now he is on pace for 78 points this season. His career high is 38 points two seasons ago. He is playing unreal. He is leading the team in game-winning goals. He has big moment after big moment. And another guy I want to give a shout-out to is fourth-liner and former AHLer and now forever NHLer, in my opinion, is Teddy Bluger. Teddy <laughs> Bluger is a fourth-line player for us right now. He's playing really well. He brings grit. He brings hands. He brings speed. He reminds me of an old Tyler Kennedy for all you okay. who know the Penguins sure. way back. Uh, he's been really good for us, and I appreciate his forechecking. Um, some bad news for the team. Uh Malkin had the flu the past two games. However, he's coming back. But now he gave Brian Rust the flu. So now Brian Rust, our hottest player, has the flu, and he's going to miss probably tonight's game against Calgary and the next game on Friday against Edmonton. Um, And then Sid is back in skating now as well. No timetable on his return, but he has skated the last six days, so hopefully he'll be back at the new year. And I'm hearing a couple rumors, and I'm not going to you know say this is true or anything, but the Penguins are going to try to trade Casey to Smith. And as I mentioned earlier, that there was is going to be my question. There is a market yeah. for backup goaltenders. And as long as Jari keeps playing the way he is, to Smith will probably be traded by the trade deadline. I've heard two places. I've heard Jersey from Miles Wood. Wow. They're trying to shop him. He has two years left on his contract at 2.75 AAV, hmm. annual average value for all you who don't know. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. The Devils are definitely going to need a dual threat goalie combo of Mackenzie Blackwood and somebody else. Someone else. That would probably be a good fit. Um, I would think the Sharks will probably get in on that, but the other place I'm hearing is the Rangers. What about Toronto? I haven't heard – I have heard Toronto. I heard – I said last time there might be a big package deal with Tyson Berry there. I don't see that happening now that the team seems to have turned it around. But apparently – where I can't even remember what I was saying. Oh, no, I can't remember what I was saying. Uh, oh, the well. Rangers. The Rangers, yes. I'm hearing the Penguins are inquiring about Chris Kreider as long huh. as, along with other teams, which the Rangers that are still— That would be like a perfect fit because I already hate Chris Kreider, so <laughs> just put him on the Penguins so I can hate him some more. <laughs> so that kind of doesn't make sense to me. I don't know where that would work because they have Lundqvist and Gorgiev already playing. Yeah, Gorgiev's a 
pretty shaky right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, DeSmith might help solidify that, but yeah. they also are in the race, and I don't see them getting rid of Kreider because he's one of their top six. I agree. So, interestingly enough, I read a couple articles on that, but who knows what happens. I'll let you take over for the not best fan base in the league. But the best team in the league. So um, Whatever. So the Caps are still atop the league with 53 points. Uh, they beat Boston 3-2 to in an epic game last week on national television. American hockey heroes John Carlson and TJ Oshie just handled the scoring for the boys in red. Should we talk about the Oshie goal? Um, I think we should talk about how he smacks Tom Wilson's ass in the pregame and then breaks his stick. That's awesome. It's yeah. kind of weird. rock-hard ass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe he's using a 20-flex stick. Right. We don't know. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that goal was sick. My parents were at the game. It was sick. Um, my dad just was like, that was unbelievable. Yeah, um, I watched that live. That was pretty unreal. Yeah. Um, now they are, they are on their Caps dad slash mentors trip, which they do every year. Um, and a great heartwarming moment uh, for their game in Tampa. All the dads FaceTimed uh, TJ Oshie's dad, uh, who's battling Alzheimer's, and he's uh, back home in Warroad. Uh, so they FaceTimed him. All the dads, you know, passed the phone around. We're saying hello. So always good to see that. Didn't, it's a brutal disease. I, I promise I didn't cry, but I definitely did. <laughs> um, they had a great road win against Tampa, but of course they came back and laid a fucking egg against Columbus last night. Three nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. So this week they do have uh, some challenging games. Friday they're in Jersey against the Devils. Not really too concerned about that. Saturday they have to play the Lightning again. Oof. I think this is like the f- third time in four weeks. Okay. And Monday they have to go into Boston again. Are those all road games? The one against the Lightning is home. Okay. So yeah, it's a tough, tough one. Some good week. hockey coming your way, but definitely you know. Good tests for them at this point in the season. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so moving on to who's hot and who's not. Uh, who's hot, the NBC Power Rankings. Let's dive into it. They have the top five teams in their Power Rankings as, one, the Colorado Avalanche, two, the Washington Capitals, three, the New York Islanders, four, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and five, the St. Louis Blues. Harrison's Power Rankings pretty much line up with this, except I would say an honorable mention who – which should take the Isles' place, in my opinion, is the Calgary Flames. Uh, they have points in 10 of their last 11 games. They have been on fire since the coach firing. Nice. Uh, they look good. No pun intended, but I'd they're on fire. Th- I'd throw the Jets in there, too. Yep, the Jets have looked really good as well. I think we even said that last week. They've been picking it up. Yep. Uh, they haven't tailed off at all. So, And, I mean... Who's hot? The Red Wings finally won a game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they broke the twelve-game losing streak. Right. My favorite stat that I've seen this year is uh, five coaches got fired before the Red Wings won a game. <laughs> like oh that, that, that last stretch, but <laughs> that's uh, wild. It's bad, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Calgary's hot. Um, so you got that saying right. I can't yeah. get that saying right. Okay, I just say you hit the nail. We'll, we'll work on it. Sure. Um, yeah, Calgary's eight one and one in their last ten. Winnipeg seven two and one in their last ten. Those two teams are rolling right now. Yeah, and Winnipeg was seven two and one in their last ten last week, so they haven't skipped a beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, they both look good. So we'll see. I like using that metric. I like seeing who NBC puts out. So yes. uh we'll keep an eye on that going forward in future episodes. Who is not hot? We've already touched on this team earlier. The San Jose Sharks look just as good as me walking my dog on a nice crisp Saturday morning to lay in a big old Cleveland steamer in the neighbor's yard 
No bag, not picking it up. It's just lying there and stinking. Stomping it, wiping your feet on the grass. You can see the steam coming off of it because of the cold ground. That's what the sharks look like right now. Yeah, the sharks. Yeah, and you want to know what Martin Jones looks like? The fly that goes onto it and it starts eating it. It's bad, dude. It is bad. They are a mess right now. The sharks are 3-6-1 in their last 10. Martin Jones, in that span, has a save percentage of, are you ready? Yep. 0.810. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Like we said, they replace goaltending coaches i don't know what the sharks have to do it's a shame that patrick marlowe and joe thornton are probably going to have their last season you know in a, in a losing market uh hot take they trade one of the two of them or both of them if they just who would take them though i mean i think this, someone would i think I a like contender would jump on that him. would be like a deadline thing yes that like, would be last second. like the ray bork thing where he gets traded to colorado for the purpose of winning the cup I know Jumbo doesn't want to leave, yeah. but at what point do you think, all right, realistically, if this is my last year and go this is my last year, go get yourself a ring, dude. Go fucking try it. You can yeah. live in, you know, you can live in Northern California in the summer right yep. after the season if you love it there. Yeah, I and I mean, let's be real. He could probably just pick what front office job he wants with that team when he's done playing. Oh yeah, and same for Patty. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I just Evander Kane. I mean, he signed a big ticket recently, so yeah. I don't really. I've heard his name a couple times. You know, maybe somebody wants yeah. to take a shot on him. Uh, but we'll see. My other team that who is cold is the Florida Panthers. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10. Bobrovsky looks horrible. He looks terrible. Uh, he looks like he did in his Philly days when Sid used to roof backhand him every other shot. He's a, the, Here's a fun fact. The Panthers have allowed the most goals against in the Eastern Conference other than New Jersey and Detroit. That's not good. So you're putting the Florida Panthers who have Barkoff, Huberto, Ekblad, Yandel, all these star power names, you're putting them in the same breath defensively as New Jersey and Detroit. And look who their goalies are. You can't even fucking name them. Yeah, exactly. And they have the $10 million man. So he's got to pick it up. Uh, You know, the Panthers have been a wild team to watch this year. They score a lot, Mm -hmm. but they give up a lot of goals. So... Should be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, forward. it was like the um, the ESPN question that we had last week, where it was, "Do they regret the Sergei Bobrovsky signing?" I think at this point you have to say yes. What happens if this doesn't stop? <laughs> He's like, making then this might be one of the worst contracts ever. Might be one of the, might be the biggest buyout ever if this yeah, keeps going on. Definitely, I don't think that'll happen this year. If it does, I think it'll happen next year if it continues. But uh, you know, I bet you Quenville's steaming. Oh, I'm sure. So, speaking of Quenville, um, his old team, Chicago, they're three six and one in their last ten, and they are now last in the Central Division. Yeah, they don't look good. They should probably just start tanking. No. And another team in the Central Division that does not look good is Nashville. They're five three and one in their last ten, and they're second to last. And yeah, at what point does their GM, who loves to keep his coach and his you know front office around? Say it's time for a change. There have been no rumors of Laviolette leaving. Yeah. None, which is shocking. Well, I don't think it's that shocking because Poyle does not like he doesn't make changes that often. Fair point. Yeah, that he really like they had trots for what twenty years. or Yeah, something crazy. exactly. So I understand that, but you know, you get Duchesne in the off season, and yep. now Rene's getting older, so your yeah. window really is like. Right. You just signed Yossi to a massive ticket that right. takes place next year. And that, I mean, look at that lineup and you're yeah. second to last in the Central. Minnesota's ahead of you. There's a problem. 
they started so hot, and I was just riding their puck lines, yep. as you well know. And then they got really cold, and now they're playing average. Yeah. And that's why they're second to last in the division. And yeah. it's like... And that's really... I mean, it's that and the Metro. You cannot fall behind in those two divisions. Yeah. Those are probably the best. Not probably. They are the best two divisions. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll turn it around. I do too. But, you know, is it? But it's tough. Right. Because you've got Dallas and you've got Colorado. Yeah. And you've got St. Louis. There's a legitimate chance of them missing the playoffs at this point, I think. Those three teams I just named, I think, are better teams overall than Nashville. I agree. And I'm not just saying that to be preserve of the moment, but. It is what it is, man. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Uh, and now, a segment that I am going to say you will not find another news source or podcast that is better than the guy that you're about to hear for the next X amount of minutes. <laughs> Nick Manella loves prospect hockey. He yes. lives for it. He knows all the kids' names. He knows all where the kids are from. I'm not saying that to sound creepy, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the World Juniors are coming up. Uh, right after Christmas and taking us into the new year. This is Nick's favorite tournament every year. Uh, I know this because I've known him for three years now, and he always gets a hard-on whenever it comes around. Big time hard-on. I am telling you right now. All right, average time hard-on. Yes. NHL.com, whoever, will not have a segment as good as Nick is about to do for this tournament. Holy fuck, no pressure. Nick, Take it away. Uh, well, I mean, you said it. The, the World Juniors are almost here. Um, Before you start, can you yeah. explain what the World Juniors is to people who don't know? I'm glad you said that because that's where I was going to start. So this year, the World Juniors, which is the under-20 international hockey tournament that occurs every year right around Christmas time, is going to be in the Czech Republic. Um, it starts on December 26th and runs through January 5th. It is comprised of 10 teams. Group A is Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, Slovakia, and the glorious People's Republic of Kazakhstan. Um, Group B is the United States, Russia, Canada, Czech Republic, and Germany. So I think one group is a little bit stronger than the other. Just a tad. Just a little bit. But, I mean, you know, this is such an exciting tournament. It's uh, in-group round-robin, followed by single elimination knockout rounds. Three points for a win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss. No points for a loss, obviously. The medal round starts on January 2nd, and the gold medal game is on January 5th at 1 p.m. So, in my opinion, this is some of the best and most exciting hockey you will ever watch. It really is. I mean, this tournament is so entertaining. Um, Just an example, last year it was in Vancouver. Finland won the gold. USA, heartbreakingly, you know, just won the silver. Russia got the bronze. Who cares? They cheat anyways. Um, It was the first time that Canada did not medal in the tournament when it was held on their home turf. They had a chance to knock off Finland in a penalty shot in overtime, and Max Comtois was stopped by the Finnish goalie. Come on, Matois. Exactly. We've already said it before. Then they had a wide-open offside one-timer in overtime, and I think it was Morgan Frost's stick just exploded, sent the Finns the other way, odd man rush, two-on-one in the goal. It is one of the best tournaments because you get to see – this is like uh, a bowl game for college football. Yes. This is the yeah. future of the NHL. Uh, you know, the, these guys are all, they're all fast as shit because yes. they're all super young. It might be the fastest pace hockey you'll ever watch. Definitely. Um, um, it, you know, many of these guys, you know, between the Finns, the Czechs, the Swedes, the Russians, the Canadians, and the Americans will be playing in the NHL next year and will be stars in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have a chance to see the potential first overall pick. 
uh, for this upcoming draft. He'll be playing for Canada. Uh, Ale- uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Yes. Um, Future Red Wing. Yeah. Uh, this, like we said, this tournament just breeds upsets, buzzer beaters, overtime thrillers, and insane shootout moments. This is where we got the Troy Terry shootout moment. It's where Canada yep. had the Jonathan Tave shootout moment. The famous um, John Carlson goal in overtime, yep, right? Yep, exactly. Um, so it's definitely just a ton of fun to watch. Obviously, uh, top to bottom, Canada's the best team, like they are every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, the projected first overall pick for this draft, will be there. Joe Valeno, who was given permission to play in the CHL at age 15, which I think only like four other players have done, including McDavid. Um, 15? Yeah. Oh, my God. The projected second overall pick, Quinton Byfield, Barrett Hayton, who's playing in the NHL right now with the Coyotes. Yep. Dylan Cousins, who was expected to make the Sabres out of camp, but elected to go back to juniors. Um and then Bowen Byram for Vancouver. Uh, and if, if you thought Colorado couldn't get any better, yeah, he's, you know, right. part of their system. Jesus. So the good news for, you know, us Americans is that Kirby Doc is going to stay with the Blackhawks. He's not going to go back for juniors, even though he's eligible. So that's always good to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Americans are far behind the Canadians. Obviously, with the firepower they have up front, they're the best team. Yeah. And it's just going to be who can catch them. Right. For the United States team, the goalie... I mean, most of these guys are college hockey players. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you play college hockey? College hockey. Uh, goalie Spencer Knight, I think he's in the Florida system, plays at BC. Ke'Andre Miller from Wisconsin. Cole Caulfield from Wisconsin. He's a stud. Yeah. Alex Turcotte from Wisconsin. Yep. Trevor Zegers from BU. Uh, Arthur Kaliev plays for the Hamilton Bulldogs in the O. And from Havid, Jack Drury. Uh, is that Chris Drury's son? His nephew, nephew. and Ted Drury's son. Um, so both Chris and Ted were on American Olympic teams for a while. Chris, obviously, very cool. won a Stanley Cup with the Avs in 01. Sure, whatever, whatever year Bork won it. Yes. Um, and good news that actually just came out the other day is the Islanders are going to loan Oliver Wallstrom to Team USA. So another player returning from the silver medal team last year. Cole so, Coffee is the guy to watch. He's in my so opinion. sick. I mean, he's like five eight, and he's a freshman. He's like five eight, yeah. one sixty, and looks like he's about twelve years old. Yeah. But this kid has a, one of the hardest wrist shots I've ever it's seen insane. from a world junior player. Yes. So he's the guy to watch for America, and then obviously uh, for Canada, Alex Lafreniere. Yeah. He is being you know titled as the best prospect since Connor McDavid yes. in two thousand fifteen. So. That is definitely going to be something that you want to watch. I pray for you know just a playoff America-Canada game. I know. Uh, the shitty part is, as Nick told me before we started recording, most of these games, since they're in the Czech Republic, are going to be at like 9 a.m. or 1 p.m. It just means early drinking. Early drinking, or if you're working like I am, uh, you know, kind of takes the fun out of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the big games that I have, and all of these for um, us Americans should be on the NHL Network. Yep. Uh, December 26th. Finland versus Sweden at 1 p.m. If you have not watched a rivalry game between these two teams, that is a must watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can understand if you don't, because at the same time, first day of the tournament, USA, Canada, 1 p.m. That was horribly scheduled. I know. They why done why a, would they do that? A one and a four would have been nice. Exactly. But whatever. But whatever. So that's a big deal. Obviously, you know, in terms of us now, that's our biggest rival. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So... Those games are always intense, always crazy. I hate it when 
the United States lose like loses to Canada, but um, we'll, we'll be we'll, we're the best. It's I, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I think they have a legitimate chance to make a good gold medal push this year. Uh, other notable games: December twenty eighth, Canada Russia, one p.m. Another you know heavyweight yep. the team. athletes of Russia. Yeah, exactly. The athletes of the doping facility known as Russia. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then December twenty ninth, uh, USA versus Russia at one p.m. Yep. So definitely some great games coming up. Um, and I would love nothing more than to watch the Americans win gold this year. They have medaled in the last four years. 2019, they got the silver. 2018, they got the bronze. 2017 was their last gold. And 2016 was the bronze. But hopefully they can get it done and bring home another gold. And that, folks, is the best world junior preview that you will hear anywhere in the world i'll put my guy up against anyone that includes you ej raddick that shit yeah get us on tv and then we'll talk but <laughs> mo- mostly just get us on tv first yeah that'd be nice he probably won't because i just said he's right. a fat shit but whatever i i'm interested to see if our site will have lines oh for this oh yeah that'd be nice that would be sick that's a nice uh little gambling thing right, right there. yeah that'll be something you know well actually so before we go any farther um two things that are actually very important i wish i would have mentioned these at the start our next episode is actually not going to be until december 30th uh next week next week with christmas we'll both be traveling with family and friends so you know next week we're gonna take our holiday break but we'll be back on december 30th uh so by the time we next talk that tournament will have kicked off already and we'll have a little bit better understanding of where teams rank definitely other big news, uh, we actually have an interview today with a former teammate of mine, actually a line mate, uh, Timmy Blount. He played at Calvert Hall with me uh, and went on to play at uh, University of Maryland's club team with the Terps. Uh, he has some good stories and good experience, so we have him coming on this episode as well. Uh, just wanted to get those things out of the way before we keep going. Definitely. Do you want to send it over to Timmy now? Fuck it. Let's do it. So without further ado, here is Timmy Blount. Enjoy. And we are now welcomed by my ex-teammate and one of the best guys that I ever played with, Timmy Blount. Timmy, thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, pretty good. Glad uh, you could come in and sit down with us. Former, yeah. for, first former linemate I've had on. Wow, so this is that's a big pretty honor. impressive. Yeah. So uh, you had to play with Harrison. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> silver line. Yeah. We're tearing it up. Yeah. And by tearing it up, I mean just forechecking. <laughs> Harrison, yeah. get it deep. Not making that's mistakes. It, that's it. Yeah. Literally. We Cross were, the red and deep. I, dude, I had fun. I, I always say when I played throughout my whole playing career, which you know is nothing exciting or extravagant, but there were two lines that I always loved. One of them was our silver line, the third line, you, me, Pat Regan. Don't know where he's at. He's like on some camelback in fucking Indonesia. But <laughs> Jesus. God love him. And then uh, the other one, you probably know these names, is uh, Tegan Cook and Corey Way. Those are my two boys. Yeah. And I know they sometimes listen. So I knew Tegan would make an appearance tonight. Yeah, yeah shout out to them. Um, but, yeah, first line mate, uh, you know, I have I would say out of everyone that we've had on, I've played with Timmy more seasons than anybody else because oh, we, okay. we played Baltimore growing up together. We played at Cower Hall together, and then he'll dive in more about his playing career. I don't want to say it So you guys him. knew each other like way before high school then? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What do you say? You're a year younger than me, right? Yep. I think So I think sixth grade when Tim Moran was our coach. Yeah, sounds about right. And you're, I think your dad was assistant. I can't even remember. Yeah, I think so. So we go way back. But – uh you know, I just want to ask you, we, we ask everybody who pretty much comes on that's from the Maryland area. Um, it's not exactly 
the most common route to play hockey. And, you know, we have an interesting background where when we started playing, Ovechkin kind of came on the scene and the Caps started getting good. So do you just want to touch on, you know, how you kind of got into hockey, what made you love it, your first experience with it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I have a brother who's seven years older than me. um, And when we lived in Richmond, he was playing roller hockey because I guess – you know, ice rinks in Richmond at the time weren't as big. Now now we've got the generals and all that. But yeah. he was playing roller hockey. I grew up uh, learning to roller skate. And then when we moved to Maryland, I was about four years old. He started playing up at Ice World. Sure. Uh, I looked up to him. I thought he was the coolest guy ever, so I wanted to do what he did. Yeah. So um, your, your brother's a goalie, right? Is that he was, yeah. Wow. He's a legend at Carroll. He was, yeah. he was a good goalie, yeah. Real good. That's yeah. pretty cool. So when you moved to Maryland, he's playing roller hockey, and then did you you were in Abingdon, you said, right? Yeah, so up at Ice World doing doing the clinics with Ed. Oh yeah, yeah. Ed, so for those of you who don't know, Ed Ed is uh, Ed Slusher is the head coach for Towson. Maybe one day we get him on, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we've had a couple of his players on already. Did you start by playing North Stars or no? I think I I went straight from uh, doing the clinics and the learn to skate straight to playing for the Stars. Um, I know my second year playing, I was a mite, and I I didn't want to do cross ice. They recommended cross ice, mm-hmm. but I was I was yeah. out there flying around. I loved being on my skates, uh, so I played up on a squirt team coached by Jim Karenbauer. I don't know if you you ever knew him, but uh, yeah. he he he'll he loves to tell stories about me because. I was playing up. I was the only mite on the team, and I was still the only kid that tied my own skates. And he'll tell everybody he meets that. Yeah, he, awesome. he loves talking about me. So you know, you're playing squirt. You know, take us up through the ranks. Like, where were you playing squirt, peewee, all that stuff? You just want to walk us through that? Yeah. So uh, I started off at Baltimore, like I said, and I played there until I guess I was going into tenth grade. Um, and the team started kind of fizzling out in Baltimore. Um, having trouble getting guys to show up for games and practices. Yep. Uh, and I kind of wanted to, to make a jump and, and start taking hockey more seriously. So I, I went down and tried out for Howard, uh, their double-A team. Uh, wasn't even sure if I was going to make it. Um, but I ended up playing there for three years and had a blast. Uh, and then the, that whole time in high school, I was also playing for Calvert Hall, obviously, with you, Harrison. Yeah. And uh, from there, went to University of Maryland and played for the Terps for two years. So what was that transition like going from um, just, like, ending up at Howard? Like, how was it different? You know, uh, what did you like? What did you not like? Well, I, I think there's a lot more accountability um, on a double-A team, which I liked. Because um, I, I felt like in Baltimore I really loved everyone I was playing with. And obviously, Harrison, we played on some great teams. But then after that, we're getting some guys that just weren't as committed as I was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was somebody who always wanted to – put in that that extra effort for the team and I wanted yeah, to start playing you should be playing around right guys and winning, so that's right so um, just like the seriousness of it almost yeah I think okay. so and and you know it wasn't even necessarily the quality of the team because my first year at Howard it wasn't the greatest double a team sure. um but you know it was, it was a good group of guys and we uh ended up kind of playing out of our playing out of where we could have played um, and won a state championship that year. And then from there, every year I played at Howard, we won a state championship for That's the awesome. Line. Yeah. Can you touch on the Howard-Tri-City rivalry? Because I remember in the locker room there were some awesome stories about that. And it, it would get pretty heated. Like, I mean, arguably more than some of the high school rivalries, and you don't really see that too much with club teams in the area. Yeah, I don't know that I ever had um, – had any specifically nasty incidents, but I, I mean, those games were, were really physical and we, we a couple of teams that just, 
just want to go out and hit each other and beat each other up. Yeah. Um, and then we had we had a kid on my team from that U16 year who actually ended up playing for Tri City. Oh, he um, traded places. Yeah, and that wow. that was uh, interesting. Yeah, that people didn't like that very much. Yeah. And, I, I and then imagine. we started really beating up on Tri City. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you know, you touched on making that transition. Um, just talk about you know what you remember the most from the Baltimore days because that's really where I got to know you and. You're the one kid. I don't know how you did it, but you went from being the shortest guy on the ice every year, and now you're freaking taller than me. So, <laughs> I mean, I just remember, you know, OG Timmy Blount was always the shortest kid, but you were always so smart. And I'd, I'd say that is the one thing that stuck out about you when I played with you is it was almost like mistake-free hockey. You just you were always level-headed. You always made the right plays. So um, just touch on what your experience was in Baltimore because, you know, you said you started – squirt and went up till 10th grade so that's a big time for him yeah um I think you know my first memories were playing with uh Dieter and all them down in the squirt level mm-hmm. uh we won a CBHL championship nice. uh, which nice. I, I guarantee you Jason Dieter will will tell you stories about <laughs> um Not a big but yeah guy. like you said I, I was a small guy um the coaches, you know, they, they wanted to see us crash in that. So that's all I was doing is just going after rebounds. And, and Jason Dieter started calling me Crash. That was my nickname. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, going going through Baltimore, I had so many great memories. And especially, like, you, you already brought up Coach Tim Moran. Um, awesome he, guy. He was one of my favorite coaches I ever had. And, awesome. and those years playing with you and Tegan Cook. And, yeah, that, that's just great hockey right there and just good people to be around. Yeah, I had a great experience. And your dad also give him a shout out. He was a great assistant coach. I loved Absolutely. I loved him. Uh and he was he was great to, you know, even Tim out sometimes when Tim lost his shit. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh you know, one thing I'll always remember my dad coaching me for is those those speeches before games and he's an emotional guy and he'll get, he'll get all teared up and he's They're great. he's fired up. He's just as fired up as we are. They're, I love him for that. They're great. Um so I have a question. I remember you know, this from when we played together. Why are you a Devils fan? <laughs> I was born in New Jersey. Okay. Um, so yeah. my condolences. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, this season's been rough. And yeah. I mean, you know, the past seven years or so. Yeah. But So before we jump back into your playing career, what do you think of the Taylor Hall tree that just went down? I am happy it's over. Yeah. I, I, I mean, not, not that I'm happy to see him go, but uh, it got to be a distraction. Yep. And, yeah. and, you know, obviously we're not going anywhere this season. Um, we need to kind of restock and got some good pieces in there. Though. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we've got great pieces to build around, especially with Hughes and Heischer. And yeah. you look at the like formula for a good NHL team. Yep. It's the two top centers. Yeah. And so I think going forward we might be all right. But right now it's yeah. hard looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, touch on your time at Carroll Hall, man. It's I mean that was a cool experience for anybody involved. We, you, I mean you touched on the Baltimore and the Howard. So far, so I'm, you know, just want to hear what you had to say about your experience at Cowher Hall, and then we'll jump into the Maryland experience. Yeah, playing for Cowher Hall is really special, I think, because um, as a lot of players in this area will tell you, there you could play hockey at a higher level for your club team, uh, but there's just something special about playing for your school, yeah, and and going there and seeing you know your friends cheering you on. Like when else do you see your peers you're the same age as you at your games just banging on the glass? And that's a great way to put it. It I really mean, is. I've never really yeah. thought of that, but that was really cool. I mean, yeah, it, and uh, I remember winning that MIAA championship. One of the things I remember most vividly is you know we like Mike 
slid out in the boards and we all dogpiled and you look up and it's like all oh, my best friends are right there like banging right. on the glass that's and so cheering cool for you. yeah that, that's mike is a future guest that's fun. Oh, okay. he, he was our goalie he'll be on i got nice. him on the weekend after christmas so he'll be on yeah nice. beautiful <laughs> uh yeah that was one of the best memories of all time for me i mean that actually that was the best hockey moment of my career was winning that championship finally and there's a picture that my family has i jumped into the pile head first and uh what's his name um camille i'm sorry mm-hmm. his skate cut my finger open because <laughs> he like we're oh, no the dog pile. so there's like this picture of me with my knuckles bleeding <laughs> it looks so tough and there's like blood on the jersey and stuff but uh yeah it made me look way tough enough. <laughs> nice. um so you know you finished calvert hall and obviously that was a great experience you have the same guys that you're playing with for three or four years in a row and you kind of go from this shit bag all freshman team to this like senior powerhouse that makes the state championship two years in a row. Uh, and then you go to Maryland. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but sometimes it's hard to go from a team that's so close knit. I don't know what your experience at Maryland was like, but do you want to touch on what the difference was? Yeah, I think uh, to a certain extent it is, it is not as closely knit because it's, you're still playing for your school, but you're not playing with guys who you're in class with every day and that, you know, as closely, uh, you just that, don't spend as much time together almost. Exactly. Yeah. And, but that being said, I, I think we did have a good group in Maryland. Um, you know, I was not sure going in, they have a division two club team and a division three club team. I wasn't even sure if I'd make the division two team. Um, I did. And, it ended up being just a, a fun experience because those guys, they, I mean, I, I will say they, they don't treat the rookies that well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a great time playing for Maryland. Um, and I do think it was it was another step up in my game uh, from the level that I played in high school and in club. Um, it's just faster, bigger, and uh, I think I, I really like the opportunity to step up my game when it's um, – confronted with a higher level definitely absolutely uh who would you say is the best player that you ever played with or against that's such a hard one and i you know you mentioned to me that you're gonna ask that um i personally wasn't someone who remembered playing against all these great players to me if you were on the other team you were just a face i had to beat yeah um so yeah and and that's just kind of the way i had to be because you know i wasn't i wasn't the skill guy i was just gonna outwork you um with that being said i I think the best thing for me to do would be to touch on some of the players i played with that are uh really awesome players and you know get the shout outs going yeah yeah yeah, absolutely (laughs) definitely i mean harrison i'm sure you can attest to this playing against Dieter was awful horrible he, he's you know playing against him in practice playing against him in the games he's, he's so sick. strong he's so fast he's hard to knock off the puck and to me that's that's something that uh you know in my mind makes you one of the one of the best players I've played with is playing against you is miserable yeah um and then from there uh I actually played for a while on a men's league team at Ice World with my brother's friends. And that was really cool for me because I got to play with some of these players who were seven years older. I grew up watching them play. And, oh, yeah. and he played on some, some really awesome teams. And so uh, two guys specifically that I played with on that, that team name was the Brewers. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, Jack Burton and Mike Donnellan, who both played NCAA and both played in the ECHL for a bit. And it's, oh, cool. it was wow. just amazing to, to watch how effortless the game was for them. Okay. And then the, uh, the next person that came to mind was a guy I played with in Maryland. 
Avery Claire, who uh, he might have been the, one of the fastest players I ever played against. And I, I remember, uh, and this is a testament going back to saying that the, the level of play had stepped up. I remember one of the first practices my freshman year, we were playing a little mini game called bubble hockey where mm -hmm. there's guys around the perimeter and you're battling one-on-one, -on -one, and yeah. he just manhandled me. I, I, that was one of those moments I was like, I need to get stronger because he – he just really worked me. Was he a big guy? Or? Yeah, he was tall. He, he wasn't like a, a stocky guy, but he was fast and he was strong. And you know, if you if you weren't gonna outwork him, then he would take you. Wow, there you go. Um, so you know, we've talked about your playing career and kind of walked through your uh, walk of hockey, if you will, and talked about some of the players you played against. So, what would you say is your best memory uh, of your playing career? Is it a it can be a certain game, it can be a certain season, it could be a certain coach that had an impact on you, but is there one that really sticks out in your mind? I think uh, going to like championships would be the easy route, and like you said, the, the MIAA championship, that that is near the pinnacle. Um, but another one, and, and this is again a high school game, that really sticks out in my mind is, uh, you know, Gonzaga had our number so they they beat us in the state championship two years in a row and then my senior year we were coming back um they hadn't lost i don't think in in two years maybe more yeah uh, and we went down and played them at fort dupont in their barn beat them. and we just absolutely outworked them all game we beat them four to one I that was some year after yeah. i graduated yeah i remember yeah. Re uh, hearing about that from the guys yeah and, and then uh as, as a little personal shout out i had two goals which that, that doesn't <laughs> happen nice. often let's so. go <laughs> there you go yeah. so i gotta ask you about this one because i've had you know we've had a couple calvary hall guys on already nobody has touched on the landon game yeah in so our junior my junior year your sophomore year so do you want to touch on that and we can kind of build off of that because this is a great story in my opinion. yeah that that again another just powerhouse team that hadn't lost in a couple of years and uh you know that year i don't think our calvert hall team was that great we just got really hot at the right time and, TC3's and yeah, last ride. yeah tim carson i mean talk about like a heart and soul player he just he yeah. just carried us there so um, before you go on, a little context. One, Tim Carson is a future guest, confirmed. <laughs> Two, uh, he was the only senior on the team. Oh and this was God. the same year that Ray Lewis won the Super Bowl for the Ravens oh, in 2012. Okay. So Ray's last ride was the big you know, mantra. Yeah. So we had his nickname was TC3, Tim Carson, jersey number three. So right. we Because RG3 was big at the time, too. Oh, okay. So TC3's last ride. So this was a while ride. ago then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, only senior in the team, so we were trying to do it for him, and it got so big there was a hashtag that actually got trending for it. So that's awesome. It was pretty cool. But you guys, uh, your team gets a lot of shit trending on Twitter. You got ice cards, and <laughs> ice you cards. Have TC3 yeah, and yeah we got people to come out for the right. games. They love the ice cards. So I'll anyway, uh, well, that another important part of that year was that we got snubbed from the playoffs for MIAA somehow. Yeah, we did. Um, and and so we were all pissed off. We wanted to go into states and and make a run at it. So we beat Mount St. Joe in the quarterfinals, I think. Yep. And we moved on to play Landon. Again, they hadn't lost in two years. And you know um, Montgomery Rink. They got the bear den in there. I mean, just, their locker yeah, room is sick. Boners put their shit everywhere. Yeah, they, yeah. and they, they all wear white helmets and white gloves, which yeah. I wasn't too fond of. Yeah, I hate white gloves. Yeah. He loves them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're kind of fresh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that game was – you know, at that time I, I was playing on the third line still and um, – I don't think I had as much of an impact on the game. So that game, my memories of, of it are almost like just watching this go down and like, 
watching our star players just carry us there. I mean, Mike Finn stood on his head that game. Yeah. Uh, we ended up tying them, goes to overtime, goes to a shootout. Um, and, like, and like talk about the most nerve wracking things. And oh again, I'm watching this all from the point of view of like a spectator. I know I'm never going to get called to shoot in this. Like I, I haven't scored on a breakaway my whole career pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Relatable. <laughs> and so I think we were up and their last shooter comes down. And we were up 1-0 at this point. Yeah. I can't remember who he, scored it. I, I, think, I think it was Costa. Yeah, maybe. I, I, see, I, I can't, can't even remember. But the thing I remember so vividly is the guy comes in. He might, he might have gone like blocker side or something. And Mike starts. Mike stops it. He starts like skating out of the net to celebrate. And the puck is still rolling towards it's the goal line. Rolling. That's a nightmare. And we're all, like, and we're all like, go back. He <laughs> turns around and flops on it. And yeah. we just go nuts. Like yeah. we were so excited. And then. Uh, it was nuts. Yeah. It, it was really, really fun. And then we went to the state championship and got rolled by Gonzaga. So Sounds about right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that was, that was the biggest upset game I've ever been a part of uh, easily. And, you know. Like you said, we didn't really play as much as we usually would have just because of the magnitude of the game. I just remember shitting bricks on the bench because I'm like, please don't fuck up. I can't be the one that fucks this <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Like, you talk about chip and chase. Like, yeah. that was the name of the game. That but that's such an important thing, though, that it gets glossed over if you're a casual fan watching, like, the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Great teams always have great players, but the thing that separates those like cup winning teams is they have the third and fourth line guys who aren't going to make mistakes. And so I think you know, despite us not getting a ton Still of ice on, that's yeah. that's a, a very important role in there. PK I think guys, that's PK yeah. guys. spot on. I that's mean, right. look at the last two cup champions. I mean, you could say this about everyone, but I mean, the Caps. You know, DSP scored seven goals in the yeah, playoffs. Exactly. That, like, that bottom depth. line was insane. Same right. thing with um, the Blues. They had Sunquist and. Yeah. Who else am I missing? I don't know, like yeah. Fabry. All yeah, that exactly. Stuff. Robert Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Line, yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, and then Mike coming out to celebrate, and I'm literally watching the puck like roll. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this could That's be like, like something out of a movie where oh, yeah. go back. <laughs> <laughs> did he turn around and stop it? Or did he I, stop I don't it? even I remember. It, it fizzed it, out. I was so yeah. excited. Yeah. There's a famous picture that my family has on the, on, family desktop and it's all of us jumping each other right after that game and Matt Curtin gets as high as Kevin Durant above the hoop <laughs> and if I find that it'll be something that we could post or something that'd be kind of funny but that was a great memory and you know as I mentioned to you Landon was this mega team yep. that nobody could touch and they had all too familiar the sick custom you know of locker course. room and stuff and yeah. the, the bear den the whole yep. nine yards and uh it was it was a cool experience so you know we've gone over a lot through your playing career so far. So, you know, who would you say, and it doesn't have to be from the Devils per se, but if it is, that's fine too. Who did you always look up to when you were a kid as your favorite player or who you tried to model your game after? So the first answer to that is really funny. It was Scott Stevens. There you go. And I wore number four, which Harrison gets why that's funny because I was probably two and a half feet tall <laughs> wearing number four. And it's like this big bruiser. I was just right. like the complete opposite player. And then so as I started playing more, I, I started, you know, looking up to players who I thought I could play a similar game. And, and for me, that was Zach Parisi for a while. Yep. You know, just he's not the most skilled guy, but he's, he's going to be gritty. He's going to get to those yep. hard areas and he, he's still scoring goals in front yep. of the net. And that's, Definitely. that's why I wanted to emulate. Um, and then, you know, he left us. Yeah. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, um, anyways, going through my career, I think 
that type of player that I wanted to be kind of evolved based on how I was playing. And for me, um, I kind of started having my physical abilities catch up to where I was mentally. And I started scoring more and looking up to those types of guys. And then, like I said, I went to college in my first year, uh, my first year playing for Maryland, I didn't have a lot of points. I couldn't put points on the board. So it became, okay, Miles Wood, you're my guy. Let's play that super gritty game. And I started playing really physical. Um, And then, my sophomore year, things changed and just everything was going in. I, everything was clicking. I was playing well offensively. And so from there, it starts being uh, kind of looking more towards like a Nico Heeshear type player sure. is how I would have tried to envision myself. Um, you know, basically anyone anyone who could go up for the Selkie. Because if I, if I yep. was in the NHL, that's, that's the award that I would go for being that good defensive center who's also going to put up points. Nice. Yeah. No, so I was telling Nick before you came, I like – with guys that I played with, I like to give them a player that I compare them to just for shits and gigs. And I was talking to Nick, and I was like, "Who, who's a really smart player that's like a two-way-minded guy in the NHL that's just like steady Eddie that's not named Patrice Bergeron because I can't give anybody that title, right? He's like Mr. Perfect, like, right? Um, but he had a good idea, and I kind of agree with this. Sean Monahan on the Flames. Yeah, scores a lot I, of I, scores I a lot of goals. That. He can play top two minutes. He can play third line center. Um, I feel like he probably scores a lot off the ice too. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's he's just a good two way player. PK power play plays everything. And that's always what I'll remember about playing with you is it was just mistake free hockey. It was always you get over the red line and you're outmanned by the other team. You're gonna chip and chase. You're not gonna try to make a, a dangle around five guys and turn the puck over. Um, you're always there bailed me out so many times on that when I was on the half wall and, <laughs> and I'm trying to just chip it to the center and I'm like Timmy's got it like this one um so yeah just awesome memories playing with you and like I said that that silver line was honestly just one of the most fun lines I ever played with and I appreciate you bailing me out a bunch of times yeah so, uh good stuff Nick do you have some questions that you want to fire off yeah sure so um the one that you know is always entertaining to ask is what's the best chirp you've ever heard I know we've had a couple guys Bruce had a like an amazing one it's it's hard to put guys on the spot with yeah. that because you 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 know especially for guys who have played for so long it's just like yeah, there's been so many but do you yeah have I, I, I well i kind of agree with you because most of them go in one ear and out the other because yeah. you, you can't pay too much attention exactly to that, you know yeah. you're dishing it out just as much as you're taking it but i did have one come right to mind when you asked and uh we were playing I believe down at Rockville. So maybe it was Georgetown prep. It was a Calvert Hall game. Okay. Um, I'm not sure which year this was. It could have been my senior year. But I forgot my jock strap and my cup. So I did what any hockey player would do, and I stuffed a practice sock down my pants oh. and played, uh, which was a little bit risky. But anyways, uh, because I didn't have my jock strap either, apparently while I was out on the ice, it started to slide out my pants. <laughs> And it actually <laughs> fell out completely onto the ice. So the ref came over the bench and handed, and you know, Calvert Hall we used to wear these yellow practice socks, right. like plain yellow. So it's pretty easy it's, to see out yeah. there on the ice. Yeah. Um, and I'm skating back at the end of the shift. Like I think the ref just picked it up and threw it on the bench. I'm skating past the other team's bench at the end of my shift, and the, the kid told me I lost my tampon on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to give it to you there. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty good. That's great. That's funny. The golden tampon. Right, yeah. <laughs> these, like, br- these socks are, right, the whole uniform's red and white, and this yeah. practice sock is just bright gold. He goes, yeah. hey, I bet that sock was white when you put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. See, I love when people can remember those chirps because mm-hmm. it just helps, you know, kind of – 
kind of get the story going. Definitely. Are you a white tape guy or a black tape guy? Black. I was never flashy. You were always, always black tape. I remember that. Fishbowl or cage? Uh, so when I was playing squirts again for Jim Karenbauer, another another story he loves to tell is that I got a fishbowl for Christmas yep. one year, and I was so excited. I came running in the locker room, look what I got. Uh, but from the majority of my career, I, I was a cage guy. Okay. Again, not not a very flashy guy. Yep. Um, somebody gifted me a, a fishbowl, and I was thinking about throwing it on for men's league now, but I don't have the screws for it, unfortunately. So oh. I'm still a cage guy. You can go visor. For now. Men's league, you can go visor. Uh, I'm not going to lose any teeth over men's league. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Good answer. Uh, do you have any weird hockey superstitions or any other teammates that you would be like, dude, like, what are you doing like before games? Uh, I don't think I had any superstitions. I was pretty particular about the way I warmed up. I was doing it the okay. same way. But for me, that was more of like a signaling thing. Like, sure. all right, it's ready to go. Like dial yourself in. Yeah, I'm not sure if I had any any superstitions. And I'm sure some guys I played with had some weird ones, but yeah. nothing's come to mind. It's always the goalies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who wins the Stanley Cup this year? I would love, I'd love to see the Avs win. Um, I'm not sure if they will, but I'd love to see them win because I got a buddy who's from Colorado. Oh, okay. You know, my devils are clearly out, so <laughs> I'll hop on his bandwagon. Do you have a favorite current player that's not on the devils? Not on the devils. I would say, again, like looking at like Selkie candidates, like Alexander Barkov, I think is so underrated. Um, and then the other type of player I like to watch is like a smooth skating defenseman. So I, Miro Haskinen is so fun to watch. He's, I yeah. said earlier that he is the best skater I've ever seen. Yeah, Nick gets it, like it's a sizable heart on every yeah. time we mention yeah. him. So. Eh, average sizable. <laughs> um, and then if you had to pick like, you know, I know you said Scott Stevens, would that be your favorite player all time? Like bar none? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, and it, you know, it, it's hard for me looking back on some of those hits and like evaluating them now. With that was it. the game back then. Well, yeah, yeah, but, and then with the personal history of concussions, yeah. it's, it's a little bit different, but still, I mean, talk about like leadership and, and For sure. being a, a good leader is something I always aspired to be. And, you know, I, I can't think of a better captain than him. No, I mean, I remember watching, I mean, my mom grew up in Jersey and I have cousins from there and, you know, when I was younger, I remember watching those like early 2000s, late 90s, like Devils teams. And I mean, he was the model of what you would want a captain to be. Absolutely. So you can touch on this if you want to. You don't have to. But I heard you just mention some of the concussion issues that you had. Um, you know, how is has that how did that end up impacting your career? I mean, if you want to, again, you don't have to. But just touch on kind of what was it like battling that? It's just something a little different. That yeah, we I think um, so. Uh, the funny thing is, actually, the two of my worst concussions weren't from hockey. Uh, one of them was from a pretty bad car accident, and the other one I actually got hit in the head with a surfboard, which is a which is a weird way for a hockey yeah. player to get a concussion. Um, but I ended up stopping playing uh, after my sophomore year because of concussions, and and I think it wasn't at a point, fortunately, where I felt like I had to make that decision. It wasn't. And, and it, yeah, it was a choice, and I th I think I was getting out uh, on my own terms before it got bad, and uh, that's something I'm glad I did. Looking back on it, it doesn't mean I don't miss playing hockey, um, but it, it definitely starts to impact how you view hockey as a whole and watching NHL hockey, and you start sure. to see some of these hits that you, you think twice about, and you know I still like the game being played physical, but when it comes to something like fighting and like, I like watching fights too, but you know, like when it at, comes down at to a certain like the point, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's cool because you've 
obviously like you've been through it. And so like, you know what that's like. And I feel like a lot of people don't like, they just watch it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking last week about, um, bad hockey cliches, like the fan who's like, Oh, I just like want to go to the games to see the fight. And you know, they just like want to see two people hit each other, but they're not thinking about, you know, what could happen if something goes wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing that, that's pretty scary about concussions is the more research we have with CTE. Um, it shows that, you know, playing through these, these smaller bumps and bruises that might not be a full on concussion can still have some long-term impacts. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that that's, uh, I guess a double-edged sword for hockey is that I'll play through it mentality. Yeah. You know, you've all been there, you know, it's the playoffs, you're banged up, everyone's battling through something. I love that mentality, but, but where it has to come to an end is with head injuries. Yeah. That's, that's not something that you can apply the same mentality to. Yeah. I mean that you hit it on the nail like that idea of play through it that's the culture i mean shit uh luke west you both know yeah. him, played with a torn mcl i'm pretty sure for an entire season his senior year when we were all seniors if you remember he taped his knee up the entire time and he still has knee problems sometimes and he, he played spit some copenhagen <laughs> and rub he, it in and go back out there and he played a game the day after he got his wisdom teeth out i'm yeah. like holy yeah. shit you know like, he's an animal well going back to tim carson in that playoff run he he blocked a shot a slap shot from bruce detritus with his head in the quarterfinal game Whoa. you don't remember we've got that? empty betters drama okay. let's yeah. go now we need I to do. get yeah, the two so, of them yeah. in this, the room together bruce yeah. recurring guest tim carson here it was yeah, on go over it. it was on a penalty kill and They're bruce is winding up bruce is you know, huge, yeah. and he's winding up, and Tim dove head first, and the puck hit he his helmet, it, yeah. went into the rafters. I remember that. And we're all, like, fired up, and then we get in the locker room, and we're like, Tim, you're not all right, and he, he still played through it. Thanks. And, you know, that that's his choice, but um, and it, it was something that, you know, I probably at the time thought was admirable. Looking mm-hmm. back on it now, I might, might not say as much. Definitely. Yeah. I think we've kind of seen that now, too, with the NHL. Like, didn't um, – Brad Marchand got like pissed off at like the concussion guy for like taking him off the bench. And he was like, no, like I'm fine. Um, and then he, yeah. I, I think he came back and said like, yeah, like, you know, I was just like fired up in the moment. Like I wanted to stick it out and play, but in you know, hindsight, that was the right move for them to do that. Yeah. And I had, do you remember uh, Frank Goldberg coached us for a while at Baltimore? Yep. Uh, there was a play. I got a, like a hospital pass up the middle and just caught it for my own pride's sake, even though I knew I was going to get destroyed. This is against Bowie. And this big defenseman just absolutely laid me out and he got a penalty for it. Um, the coach pulled me off the ice. And at that time, like I was on the first power play unit. I was pissed off. Yeah. I, I want to go out there and, you know, yeah. pay it right back to him put right. it in the back of the net. I was pissed off at the coach for pulling me. And, uh, it's one of those things looking back on. It's like, how silly is that? Like, I was probably 12 years old. Yeah. And, you know, is, is this regular season game when I'm 12 years old going to make that big of a difference? Yeah, definitely. Wanna... It just kind of shows you how much, like, I don't know if there's ever been a point in sports history where the perspective of things has changed so quickly. I mean, that was probably, what, 2009-ish, maybe? Yeah, around yeah, that. Probably about 10 and years And here we are now. 10 years 10 later. Years, the, complete, yeah. the dynamic of the situation is just, completely different yep. it's it's all viewed like so differently 10 years ago what was it um charge is murdered who was it patcheretti and oh yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah and everyone was like up in arms imagine if that had happened now oh he'd be suspended for yeah. life for a year yeah. 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 yeah at least yeah especially if tom wilson did that's oh too my God. <laughs> i'm not entertaining this discussion anymore <laughs> so timmy is there any uh anything else that you feel that you want to add before we let you go or any questions you have for us 
You've been awesome. I appreciate yeah. you coming. This has been really yeah, cool. This yeah. has been fun. Yeah. How long have you guys been doing this? Since uh, early August. September, late yeah. August. Late yeah. August. Yeah. This is our 15th episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we the, the viewership just keeps going up. We've gotten some really good feedback. I've had some really random people reach out to me. Here's a blast from the past. I got two for you. Garrett Moore, Gatorbait. Oh, Gatorbait. I was just out. telling somebody about <laughs> Gatorbait. He reached out to me and said, hey, man, like your podcast is awesome. Uh, you know, keep it up, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Harry Cello. Harry Cello. What's he up to now, man? I have no idea. I haven't I, seen I Harry Cello. I would love to catch up with him. I, I haven't seen him in – I still haven't seen him probably in 10-plus years, but he messaged me on Instagram. He's like, like, because I made the post on my uh-huh. personal account that you were coming on. He's like, hey, man, like that's awesome, blah, blah. So That's super cool. And that's not the only one. I mean, he's got a couple people that have reached out to him. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been I, real fun. Actually, another another funny story going back to the Baltimore days. Uh, this is like in the prime of Tegan Cook's career, probably about seventh or eighth grade. King, you know, King. you know, we were both on the team. Uh, we switched him up to forward. He's scoring a shit ton of goals. We made the playoffs and like upset. I mean, maybe it was like Chevy Chase or something. It was Chevy Chase. And my dad told him that that we would throw a party or something. I don't know if there was a clause on this, <laughs> but anyways, my basement was getting redone at the time because it got flooded. And for like five or six years, we still hadn't redone the basement. And Tegan was like hitting me up like, all right, when that basement's done, <laughs> we got to throw a party. We still haven't had that party. So Tegan, we're like 12 years if old, you hear this, yes. if you hear this, we got to get the Baltimore Stars back together. We got to round so up funny. Tim Moran from wherever the hell he's at and have a party. <laughs> and at my finally dad's have house. that party. Yeah. I got awesome. to reach out to Tegan and get him yeah. on. He's all time. His, yeah. this, this kid was Irish, right? So okay. he, he, red hair, you know, yeah. like jacked in seventh grade right okay who the hell is jacked in seventh grade yeah he skates in a straight line and just powers his way through people and he laid some of the biggest hits i've ever seen he would destroy kids i was uh, he's one of my all-time favorite teammates i gotta get him on here i don't know where he's at right now but i gotta find him definitely that would be awesome yeah well timmy thank you man i mean that's been a real pleasure and we'd like to have you on a can sometime all right this has been a lot of fun thanks uh, guys we should do it again yeah absolutely take it easy thank you to timmy for coming on for an interview uh we really appreciate his time and i thought he did really good uh he had some interesting stories and experiences so it's always nice fun sitting down with him yeah i mean like i said former line mate of mine uh yeah i'd go to battle for that kid we used to go to battle for each other all the time so uh it was nice to catch up with them and see him again definitely So, we're going to get into the gambling aspect of this episode. We're going to start with the first and fourth liner segment like we always do. First liner, uh, I'll tee it off. My first liner is Sebastian Ajo. Nice. He has eight points in his last four games, including a five-point performance against the Minnesota Wild the other night. Right now, he has 30 points through 30 games played this season. I would... He's a point per game, but with the way that other guys have been scoring at the rate they're going, I would expect him to be a little bit higher, but he seems to pick it up lately. I'm going to rock Sebastian Ajo. He's wicked. It's so frustrating to like, you know, like when the Caps have to play the Canes to like watch him because he just torments them. Caps fans hate the Canes. Understandably so, but way more than I actually thought they would. That goes back to the old Southeast division. I mean, I just... Fair point. Yeah, don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like their faces. Uh, (laughs) My first liner is going to be Anthony Duclair. Uh, you know, monster night the other night with the Hattie uh, against his former team, too. So that's always nice. A little salt in the wound. Uh, Ten points in his last six games. Proving all the haters wrong. Seriously. I mean, Ottawa's kind of found these two gems in him and Pajot that, like, it looks like it's working. Yeah. I mean, 
ourselves included, but other news sources as well, were you know claiming that this is the last year basically Duclair had before he might be out of the league. And yeah, he's proven his. I think he's got twenty goals. Yeah, I agree. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, who's your fourth liner? Uh, my fourth liner is going to be Alex. De- Sorry, there was a dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like looking behind, like, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Um, it's going to be Alex DeBrinket. So one of my personal favorite players. Picked him to win the Richard. I did. I actually did pick him to win the Richard. And as of right now, it looks like I'm a complete mush because he only has eight goals in 34 games. Yeah, that's not. And according to like, you know, stats and numbers and math, he should be around double that at this point. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, he can bounce back and salvage the season. But it just doesn't look like he's on the pace that he was last year. He should be top 10 in goals. Yeah, I agree. And part of that is obviously because, you know, the Hawks are a dumpster fire. But, you know. Another guy who should be top 10 in goals is my fourth liner, Phil the Thrill Kessel. Mm. Uh, He only has five points in his last 10 games, zero points in his last two games. And so far in 35 games played this season, he has seven goals. And of those seven goals, guess how many are even strength? One. Two. Okay. Two even strength goals through 35 games played for Phil Kessel. The Yotes are rocking and rolling right now, but he is not. I think he's got to find his groove soon. For them to, you know, make a serious push at being first in the division. And he's definitely going to have to find his groove come playoff time if they're going to make any noise. He has not looked good so far this year. Uh, He's been shuffled on the lines left and right. I don't really know what else to say about him. Like, if he gets things going, him and Hall on the same power play unit could be lethal. Nasty. But it's a question of can he get things going? Because as of right now, it doesn't look like. But we'll see. Yeah, that should be interesting going forward. Uh, and then for this week's picks, uh, let's re- recap last week's picks real quick. I went two and one on the week. What did you go? Two and one. So my puck line last week was whichever game Mark Andre Fleury starts first. I said last week it would probably be Tuesday against the Hawks. He did start Tuesday against the Hawks. Vegas whipped their ass five one. So that hit uh, money line. I had the Penguins over the Blue Jackets on Thursday. They won that one to nothing. Thank God. So that hit as well. And then my over-under, I <laughs> had the Wild versus the Oilers under on Thursday, and they ended up scoring 11 goals. Oh, so wow. <laughs> that actually happened, yeah. Nice. That's the last time I'm taking an under. <laughs> so I um, I went to his one as well, as I said. My puck line was the Avs versus the Devils on Friday. That hit. Nice little empty net. 3-1, so, baby. 3-1. Do it the hard way. Uh, my money line was the Senators at Habs on Wednesday. That missed. It went into overtime. Ben Sherratt won it. Happens. Oh, well. At least it got to overtime. I can justify it that way. Yeah. <laughs> My over-under, which you said if it missed this week, I would have to take an under, but that's not going to happen because it hit. It was the Sabres versus the Blues, and it was only at 5.5. Oh, what, yeah. what was the final score? Do you remember? 5-2. Okay, so they got up to 7. So, yeah. so not that bad. Hit. That was nice. Uh, so both, both of us made a little bit of money over the bit. week. So yeah. uh, let's dive into this week's. Let's start with the money line. My money line pick... <clears throat> Excuse me. My money line pick is the Canucks over the Golden Knights on Thursday. I just witnessed the Canucks get their asses handed to them against the Knights live in Vegas. They did not look good. Their coach was pissed off in his postgame interview. I'm going to take this as a revenge game. Uh, the Canucks will be at home. They'll probably have decent odds. I would. I don't. I really don't know who will be favored. I'm not going to guess, but. If the Canucks are favored, it'll only be like probably minus 130, 140. Yeah. Uh, but I could see them being underdogs as well. I'm taking the Canucks 
on Thursday against the Golden Knights. Nice. So my money line is going to be the Coyotes versus the Wild on Thursday. Okay. I think there's a good shot. Did you say against Jersey? Against the Wild. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, on Thursday. I think there's a good shot this is Hall's first game. Okay. And if not, it'll definitely be his first game at home. Yes. Uh, his first game could be tomorrow, tonight? It could be tonight, but they're in San Jose. You know, I Not don't know sure. how like travel logistics work there. but Even if it is his first game tonight, I just have a weird feeling they'll drop that. Yeah. I, think, I think the home game is going to yes. be best for him. The fans will be there, so exactly. that'll be good. Um, sounds good to me. Uh, the puck line that I have for the week, I'm going to ride the best team in the NHL. The Colorado Avalanche over the Chicago Blackhawks on Wednesday night. The Avalanche are an absolute fucking wagon. That power play is unbelievable right now and clicking at an unreal rate. The Hawks are a dumpster fire. Not quite as bad as Martin Jones comparing to my dog shit, but they're pretty damn close. Uh, I'm going to take the Avalanche against the Hawks on Wednesday night. The game is in Chicago, so you'll get a little bit better return on investment, but that's my pick. So I have the same pick, and here's why. Because Actually. last week I did the Avs against the Devils, who are also a dumpster fire, and that worked. So if it's not broken, don't fix it. Amen. I yeah. love it. Uh, and then my over-under, I'm going to have – I'm going to tie this into like three bets in one, but you don't have okay. to take all three. The Leafs play the Wings on Saturday night. The game is in Toronto. Uh, I'm going to take the over on this. I can't see it being higher than six and a half. It'll probably be six and a half if I had to say. Take the over on that. And if you can get the t- the Leafs team over, I think it'll be at three and a half. I would they're, take they, their team total points. Yeah, yeah, team total points. I think it'll be three and a half. I would take that as well. And then if you can bet the first period over, it'll be at one and a half. I would take that also. I would take all three. You don't have to. I'm not telling you to take all three, and if not all three hit, I'm just putting out to the public the over in general. But if I can find all three of those, I will bet all three types of those overs on Saturday. Wow. Just because the Leafs have been clicking since they got rid of Babcock, the Wings, or the, yeah, the Wings stink. It's in Toronto. I have a feeling that's going to be, you know, a six-three game, yep. maybe something I like that. I can see it. Or uh, a six-one game. Yeah, so you know the like I said earlier, the Wings have given up the most goals against in the Eastern Conference. The Leafs have a powerhouse offense. There's no reason that the Leafs shouldn't put up at least five on them. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, my over under, sorry, my over is going to be uh, <laughs> this Saturday. Uh, two teams that can score and get scored on a lot. It's going to be the Panthers at the Hurricanes. Oof. I think this one's going to just be a barn burner. When is that? Saturday. I like that pick a lot. I could see yeah. that being like a 6-5 or something like that, exactly. like a super over. Yes. Um, okay. So I would assume it's going to be set at 6.5. And, and if Bob is playing, then definitely hop yep. Yeah. <laughs> if Bob's playing, definitely hop on it. Um, yeah, I I like that pick a lot. Uh, so that'll do it for our picks this week. And that'll pretty much conclude the episode. Do you have any final notes? Uh, no, just uh, want to wish everyone a happy holiday. Stay safe. You know, yeah. have a good time. Drink a lot. I know I will. So... Yeah, happy holidays from the Empty Betters squad. Uh, our boy Carlos Lucero did get back to us in time for the jersey giveaway. 
He so he has officially won the contest, and his choice of jersey is a white Sidney Crosby jersey. Oh, give me so a break. you will have to pitch in a little bit of money Great. for a Penguins jersey. I know that pains you, but I might send it to him in a slightly burnt fashion, but uh, <laughs> crispy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, sure. Um, so just wanted to you know get that out there, and uh, yeah, I mean we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, everybody enjoy your, hopefully you have the week off next week. I sure don't. Um, but that'll pretty much do it for us. And without further ado, class dismissed. Horse sleigh, giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet.